0: and you can get an extra three months free expressvpn.com slash slash film. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Thursday, July 29th, 2021. On today's episode of the show, we're going to be talking about the latest film and TV news. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm a senior writer at Film.com, and I am joined on today's episode by Slash Film senior writer and chief film critic Chris Evangelista. Oh, Hello. All right, Chris, we got four news items to talk about here. I'm guessing most of them will be quick and then we'll spend a lot of time talking about the last one. So let's get started here. Uh, First of all, J.K. Simmons might be coming back to reprise his role as Commissioner Gordon in the new Batgirl movie for HBO Max. So this news just broke uh, earlier today. And uh, at first I was like, wait a second, does this mean that that this Batgirl movie is in the Snyder verse? But that's not necessarily true because as Jacob pointed out in our Slack channel, JK Simmons also played commissioner Gordon in the theatrical cut of justice league, which is, I guess, considered canon in the, uh, the DC extended universe. While uh, Zack Snyder's justice league is considered this sort of like one-off thing. So um, I guess it's not as strange as it might immediately sound that J.K. JK Simmons is coming back. Um, he's going to be, I you know, if, if this casting actually goes through, if this deal goes through, he's going to be, I think, the father or at least the father figure to um, Leslie Grace, who who was in, in the Heights and she's been cast to play Batgirl. So, uh, Chris, do you have any thoughts about J.K. Simmons coming back as Commissioner Gordon? Uh,
1: I mean good for him. I like JK Simmons. Um he has he had nothing to do in the uh the theatrical cut of of uh Justice League. He he had a little more to do in in the Snyder cut, but I'm I'm all for him getting getting more to do in the DCEU because I think he could make for a good uh, a good commissioner Gordon. Um it's it's interesting how how there are now two I guess there are three Commissioner Gordons if that show is Pennyworth still on? Is that, is commissioner <laughs> Gordon in that? I don't fucking know. Uh, all I know is that there's also the Jeffrey Wright commissioner Gordon. And isn't he going to be part of the TV series that spun off of the Batman. And now we have this commissioner Gordon and maybe we're going to get the, uh, the commissioner Gordon team up movie where JK Simmons and Jeffrey Wright, uh, Go through. It's like into the Spider Verse, but with Commissioner Gordon's, basically.
0: <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. Um, yeah and I, I guess, I mean, that might be potentially confusing to some people because uh, that um, spin off of the Batman that you mentioned that Jeffrey Wright is probably going to play Commissioner Gordon in is also being made for HBO Max, which is where this Batgirl movie is going to debut. So, uh, I guess p- if people are just clicking around the old HBO max, looking for to get their commissioner Gordon fix, they'll have multiple places to do so, uh, pretty soon. So, um, all right, let's talk a little bit about the haunted mansion reboot. There was some interesting casting news that came across the the wire yesterday. Yes.
1: So, uh, Disney is once again, trying to make a haunted mansion movie and now, uh, they have Tiffany Haddish and Lakeith Stanfield, uh, lined up to star in this new take on the film. Um, Uh, LaKeith Stanfield would be playing a, quote, a widower who once believed in the supernatural, but is now a rather lifeless tour guide in New Orleans French Quarter. And Tiffany Haddish would play a psychic hired to commune with the dead. So uh, we still don't know what the plot is about, but there are those are some hints right there about the direction this is going in.
0: Did we know that it was going to take place in... New Orleans before?
1: I don't think so. But I think the, uh, you know, the original Haunted Mansion, the first one, which is in New Orleans Square or whatever the hell they call it there in in Disney. So (laughs) I I guess it makes sense to set it
0: there. But okay, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think we've we've talked in general about our like broader feelings about uh, a Haunted Mansion movie and how this sort of feels like, you know, it's a little bit more up your alley than uh, potentially some of the other Disney stuff. So are, are you still feeling that way with this new casting news here?
1: Uh yeah, I, I, I'm I'm curious to see how this turns out. You know, I will always wish they had gone with Guillermo del Toro, who who did apparently a lot of work to make his own haunted mansion movie, and it just never came to be. But I'm I'm curious to see how this works. I you know I'm not a Disney Parks person, but I I love the haunted mansion because I love you know haunted houses and stuff like that. So I hope it turns out well. I do I do wish they would try and make a more I don't want to say serious movie because you can't make a serious movie about the haunted mansion, but it just, <laughs> it just, I, I just have a feeling they're gonna try and make this funny, which is what they did with the Eddie Murphy movie, and no one liked that. But who am I to tell Disney what to do?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Justin Simeon is writing and directing this, and I've, I've enjoyed the work that he's done um, with the Dear White People movie and the Dear White People show that came out on Netflix, and um, I think that show has a good mix of. Uh, you know, dramatic heft and also some some humorous moments. So maybe he'll be able to sort of port some of that tone over as well um, to, to this Haunted Mansion project. Uh, all right, so one of the other stories that we wanted to mention is, um, is basically like a theoretical story about what might happen with Christopher Nolan's next movie. So we don't even know what this movie is. He has not announced that he has a new one, you know, sort of in the pipeline or anything yet. But um, a report, I think this was early this year, maybe late last year, Uh, in the wall street journal said that it it seemed very likely that Nolan would not be making his next movie with warner brothers which has been his traditional studio home ever since what the days of uh of insomnia like a long time you know even before the the uh, batman trilogy um so uh, scott stuber who is a uh, producer and film executive who uh, now works for netflix i mean he's been working for netflix for a long long time at this point and he has been the guy who has sort of turned Netflix into uh, arguably like the the powerhouse that it is in terms of being able to lure uh, a list talent uh, over there on, on the film side. And uh, in this big profile of Scott Stuber um, that was recently published in variety, basically the, the, uh, the outlet reveals that Stuber has been having quote ongoing conversations with Christopher Nolan about the possibility of bringing Nolan's next movie to Netflix, which is just kind of a crazy thing that I never thought would happen considering how nolan has been so um you know so much of a huge proponent of the theatrical experience um uh stuber said if and when he comes up with his new movie it's about can we be a home for it and what would we need to do to make that happen he's an incredible filmmaker uh, i'm going to do everything i can in this business i've learned you have to have zero ego i get punched knocked down and get back up so evidently scott stuber is a big chumba Wumba fan so um <laughs> uh, do you As have any do you have any general thoughts about this, Chris? I mean, I know, like I said, it's very theoretical at this point, um, and it basically just sounds like Netflix is willing to spend whatever absurd amount of money that they need to to, to be in the conversation when Nolan's next movie sort of comes back around. Um, but do you think that this would be something that, uh, that Nolan would actually do, make the jump to Netflix?
1: I can't see it happening unless Netflix, like, guarantees him some sort of theatrical exclusive, window and netflix doesn't really seem interested in that like yes they do theatrical releases but they have no interest in being so exclusive to theaters and that's you know that's that's nolan's big thing and i just can't imagine him saying yes but then again you know the way things are you know things change and the movie landscape is in such a weird place right now Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. i guess it could happen you know i don't think christopher nolan is like this you know (laughs) asshole unreasonable guy that some people make him out. Like, I remember a few months ago, there was like that rumor going around that he didn't allow chairs on his set or something. (laughs) Like, I, I don't think he's that bad of a, you know, he's not like a tyrant basically. So I do think he might be swayed eventually, but I really don't know. It's, it's very weird.
0: I think you're right. I think it comes down to whether or not Netflix would give him any sort of theatrical exclusivity. And I think a lot of the stuff that they've done in the past, correct me if I'm wrong, but they've, you know, they've put movies in theaters before, but it's generally only been for what, like a couple weeks or something max before those movies are are then available on the streamer. Is that right? Yeah, no, I think okay. That's right. So, but yeah, I think you make a good point. Like the the idea of the the ground shifting under Hollywood's feet so um, tumultuously right now. Like the the theatrical window is now shrunk from ninety days to forty five days, and forty five days like is really not that long in the long run. And I wonder if Netflix would be willing to make that uh, trade off of like being the home, uh you know, the streaming home of a new Christopher Nolan movie and all the attention that that would draw for um you know on, on for the the sacrifice on their end of like putting the movie in theaters just for 45 days and then having it being available instantly at Netflix i wonder if like the the new normal and the you know traditional models and stuff have been shaken up to such a degree that Netflix would actually be willing to do something like that since that window is now so much smaller than it used to be. So um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see on that. So uh, let's now transition into the big story of the day, which is Scarlett Johansson has sued Disney over the black widow streaming release. Chris, tell me what's going on there.
1: Yeah. So uh, movie stars, they have this, they have this bonus thing worked out where they get uh, a certain bonus paid depending on how well a film does theatrically and a lot of, because of this, a lot of actors are very upset at the current film landscape where a lot of stuff is going uh, straight to streaming or it's going to streaming at the same time as, as theaters Uh, Warner brothers got into a lot of trouble with, with their lineup of stars and directors when they decided to drop all their 2021 movies directly to HBO Max as well as, as theaters Um, so much so that they had to like renegotiate deals with some people. And now uh, something similar is happening with Disney where uh, Scarlett Johansson and her, you know, her, her team of, of lawyers who are probably very well paid, uh, are, are fighting against uh, how Disney handled Black Widow. Um, they filed a lawsuit in Los Angeles Superior Court that states that Black Widow had been guaranteed a wide theatrical release when Johansson signed her deal with Marvel. And because of the way Disney put it on Disney Plus, um, the you know she's she's alleging that they they broke their deal and they cost her uh the the figure being quoted is somewhere around 50 million dollars basically that, that she got screwed out of here because of the way disney handled this so wow. that's you know this is a big big deal because disney is huge you know disney pretty much runs the landscape of film right now and uh to have one of their stars fight back against them is gonna you know get a lot of attention and and uh Rightly so, you know, don't get me wrong here. I, I, you know, while I appreciate artists, I want artists to get paid what they're they're worth. I I have a hard time being like, ah, poor Scarlett Johansson, because, you know, she has more money than I will ever have. But, (laughs) you know, it's a you know, it's a point, you know, they have a contract here and, you know, they they iron that contract out. And uh, to make things worse uh, right before not right before release, but closer to release, there's like there are emails between Disney and, and Scarlett Johansson's people where Disney is like, look, don't worry, we're not going to do this without negotiating with you, and then they just never got around to negotiating.
0: So, yeah, those emails actually—I was reading about this in the Wall Street Journal, and they said that those emails uh, took place in 2019. This was before the pandemic even happened. It was like I think Scarlett Johansson probably saw the writing on the wall, realized that Disney Plus was become was going to become a thing because that that uh, streaming service launched in I think November of 2019. So she probably you know like saw all the hubbub about that and was like. Wait a second! I, you know, I've got this movie that's supposed to be coming out next year. Let me see if I can lock this down. And and yeah, like you said, they were basically like, yeah, we're going to talk to you if we do anything, um, you know, if we make any any changes to the plan here. And they did not talk to her. Like it just. I mean, I understand what you're saying about, um, you know, it, it being a little tough to feel bad for Scarlett Johansson. But like the alternative is uh, is siding with Disney on this, and I I have a hard yeah. time siding with Disney as well uh, in in a scenario where they're seemingly. You know, uh, nickel and diming, uh, you know, some of their employees. So it's
1: like Alien versus Predator. Whoever wins, we lose.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's excellent. That's absolutely right. I I think, um, I mean, so you were bringing up in in the Slack, like, to what degree um, do you think that we can say that Johansson may have filed this suit because Black Widow is supposed to be the last thing that she makes with Marvel? Do you think that, uh, you know, if, if this exact same scenario had happened, but, you know, a couple of years ago, Marvel had said, oh, by the way, Scarlett Johansson's sticking around for one or two more movies or something. Do you think this, uh, the the circumstances of this deal and the pandemic and all of this kind of stuff are big enough? I mean, this is a completely theoretical asking you to just like put yourself in Scarlett Johansson's head here. But, um, but do you think that really has a lot to do with it here?
1: Yeah, I do think that's definitely playing part. Like, I do think if she had a contract for more movies, they probably want to try to keep this like behind the scenes maybe, but now she's like, I have nothing to lose. You know, so, uh, but again, that's, you know, who am I to read Scarlett Johansson's mind? For all I know, there could be something different, but I, yeah, I do think that plays a part.
0: Yeah. I mean, and it's, again, it's like worth noting. I think that this is one of the very few times that, um, that a major movie star has like gone head to head with uh, somebody in the, in the Disney slash Marvel clan, because the, I mean, the, the promotional, um, I, I guess the the image that uh, Disney and Marvel put forth to the public is that, you know, Marvel is a big, happy family and, like, everybody gets along and it's all great and, like, yeah, we had some instances early on with uh, Edward Norton and like Terrence Howard where things <laughs> sort of got brushed under the rug, or, or like uh, Edgar Wright's Ant Man and and Patty Jenkins' uh, Thor: The Dark World. But like those days are long behind us, and everybody is is all happy-go-lucky and everything's great here. Um, and now this is like one of the biggest stars in Hollywood, just like saying, "Wait a second, screw this! I'm I'm not going to just like take this lying down," which um, seems like it, it could have potentially some pretty big ramifications for uh, future deals like this as well. Um, especially considering how the Delta variant is still in, you know, out there and, and ravaging the country. And like it doesn't seem like the idea of um, putting movies uh, either directly to streaming or like day and date or whatever is going to go away anytime soon. So I feel like this is going to be uh, a, a model that people are going to have to contend with for a little while. And it takes a long time for uh, cases like this to make their way through the courts, but um, I think the uh, uh, Frank Darabont's uh, Walking Dead case like just now got settled. And yes. that that was filed like, I don't know. I don't even know how many years ago. I mean, it um, had to be
1: filed like after the, cause he got fired like the first season and they're now on like what season 35 or something. <laughs> of that
0: show? Yeah, so I think I'm... it's really like season 10 or 11 yeah. now, but um, yeah. Wow. So uh, that's a long time. And and I wonder like if these issues will still be uh, in play by the time this actually does like get in front of a judge. Um but, uh, man, yeah, it's, it's kind of a uh, – it's a big deal. It's a big, big deal. Um, I
1: think they're going to, like, settle. Like, Disney doesn't want to go to court. They're just going to be like, here, Scarlett Johansson. They can afford it. Disney can afford to give all of us money, and they should.
0: Do you – yeah, I wonder. I wonder because, like, the – you know, Disney is, is one of those companies where, like, if – I feel like they're so concerned with um, with setting precedents uh, where like if they were to sort of bend over and like be like, oh, okay, yeah, we made a mistake, you know, just like admit fault um, that it might be uh, something that where they, they see that it like uh, opens the door for other people to sort of come after them. And it's like open season on Disney or something. Yeah. Um, I wonder if they're just going to like, you know, grind their heels in and just say, you know, screw this. We're, we're going to fight you the entire way, even though, <laughs> it would really be probably more advantageous to them in the long run to just like quietly settle. But, um, yeah, lots to, uh, lots to think about there. Um, any closing thoughts on this Chris or any other observations about this stuff that you may have seen like anybody else make? I know we we're not like super into the the financial side of the industry uh, at Slashfilm, but, um, I know you follow some people on Twitter who talk about this stuff.
1: You know, Scott Mendelson, who writes about, the uh, really the box office for Forbes, uh, he had an interesting tweet. I saw where he was saying basically, because Black Widow has somewhat been underperforming, you know, it, at the box office, it sort of bolsters Scarlett Johansson's case to, see, to say like, look, see, because you did this, your movie lost money and so did I. So mm. uh, I thought that was an interesting uh consideration there. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right, well, yeah, we'll we'll keep you guys posted uh if we hear any updates on this. I suspect it'll be a long time before we hear anything uh, substantial anyway, but um but yeah, it's it's definitely something that uh, the industry is going to be watching very closely. So, uh you can find more about all the stories that we mentioned on today's show at slashfilm.com and linked inside the show notes of this episode. Slashfilm Daily is published every weekday bringing you the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV as well as deeper dives into the great features that you can find on the site. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all of the popular podcast apps, and send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, and mailbag topics to us at peter at slash home.com. Make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts specifically. Tell your friends, spread the word. Thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you tomorrow.